and welcome to Dance Dance Resolution, the show that pits your best dance moves against your past re- promises to yourself. I'm your host, Cyborg Beans McKenzie. And today on the show, we've got an exciting topic. Uh, we have a guest who made a resolution to lose 50 pounds and whose favorite dance is the Charleston. Isn't that interesting? And then coming up next, we have a pop and lock hip hop artist whose goal was to become the president of the earth. And we'll catch up and see how that's going. But first, as always, we like to check in with our partner, uh, the man behind the scenes, you know, the banker upstairs. You know, we always have to make game show style calls. You know, you know how the show works. Why am I explaining it to you? No, I am explaining it to you because this is a part of the show, the game show, where we explain the rules to the audience, assuming that's why it happens. And of course, this is part of that script. <laughs> it happens every single episode. We say this thing, including this sentence, but without further ado, the man without whom this could all not be possible the dance the the river dance man himself uh the angel investor who uh dropped this football sized dance arena into the middle of manhattan and whose strings we all dance on like the mad puppets we are kevin day how's it going Hey man, that that was quite the buildup. I don't I don't know how to respond to that, but thank you. It's it's always a pleasure being here. Um, and man, are there any dance moves you're excited about seeing, or any, uh, you know, anything like that? I really want to learn the Macarena, and I've wanted to do that since that was popular. And I'm kind of waiting for it to horseshoe back around again to be popular again, so that I can have like all this time to practice on it. But I feel like I'm I'm not I'm going to procrastinate and not do that. You know, I don't like to get serious on the show. It's a uh, it's time for dancing and renewal. But you know, my sister died doing the Macarena. She uh, she put her right hand in. No, that's the Hokey Pokey. <laughs> I was good, but let's just say it got caught up in a uh, garbage disposal. There are no survivors. Um, <laughs> what's up, Kevin? How's it going? Good. You know, you know, one of my favorite parts of the show is it something that like I feel like Spencer is doing only for me. Is that like when the show starts and the that happens logo is on the screen for the people who are watching the the video version of this, Spencer is already in character, like acting out what he's going to do when the camera cuts to him, and only I get to see it. And yeah, it, it, well, you saw a bit of that, right? That some of that caught up, I think, right? A couple, right? Like, like the tail end of it, people at home see, but I see all of it, and right. I, I kind of feel like you know that's that's some of your best stuff that that no one else gets to see. I, I'm kind of thinking about editing together like some supercut of all of your before the camera cuts to you uh, emotes you're doing. Hey, man, right if you got it. Sure, yeah, emotes. I call uh, well for me. They're um, what are they called? They're called they're memotes. You know. I've actually upgraded, um, but but yeah, I mean, part of it is you know there's there is a slight delay. I'm watching myself on the you know the the playback camera, and I can see about a half second. But there used to be a longer delay, and sometimes I don't know. I, it's like I can never judge it or remember it. So I'm always like, okay, I could see on the bottom that it's the that happens splash screen, right? It's not me, but maybe it'll be me before I consciously realize it was me. So I am kind of on for that. Like I was, I was like, this is probably too early, but it's like, I don't want to be caught late because I had the idea to be doing, to be doing this, all this shit, you know? Oh yeah. 
Um, so that that's what I was doing at the beginning of the episode. I'd love to see a supercut. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. You know, obviously the performance is interesting. You're you're playing for an audience and stuff. But I think my best stuff is stuff that's not for anybody and it's just for me. And sometimes it's mumbling to myself or or something, you know? But it's like no one's like sometimes it's like stuff that literally like no one's around to notice, but it's like I imagine like there's an audience there because like people would fucking find this hilarious, but it's like, it's never going to happen, but I do it just because it's like, this tickles me, you know, um, which is really good. But some of my, I feel like some of my like greatest successes are kind of like that. And, and also I say like that stuff that I appreciate, but I don't think, I really think, you know, I was saying like, oh, people love this, but realistically, if it was opened up to an audience or whatever, they'd be like, that's, that's not funny, but it's like, that's the shit that really, (laughs) that I really dig. I don't know. I wish I had an example of that, but there's definitely stuff that I do. Um, I mean, there were definitely times on Harmontown where you said things kind of under your breath that nobody else on stage heard, but everybody at home did and died laughing at, but right. Well, that was, yeah, that was different because that was, I know how I can get picked up on the mic, even though they can't hear it or whatever. So it's like, I am, that's an audience. I was like intentionally playing to, you know, but yeah, I cut you off. Were you going to go anywhere else with that? No, Sorry. no, I just, th- those are some of my favorite moments of you is that like, you know, you were making, it, it kind of felt like you were making a joke just to us at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I think, I don't know, you know, I've talked before about how like humans are social creatures and a lot of what we do is socially maneuver and we're evolved to kind of like try and socially position to the extent we're securing our position. We're raising our position where, uh, you know, neutralizing threats to our position, etc. I think humor is a big part of like cementing in and out groups and stuff, you know, like the, the classic example is you nudge someone with your elbow and you go like, eh, eh, and then you too have this connection that separates you from the outside world that you're commenting on right i think comedy is a big part of that but that's that's always something like i'll i'll always try and like isolate like a small thing that i think like a bit might play to and then like isolate like a small group and just go to that because it's like hey is this funny us you know and it's not like i'm like oh and then this person's gonna like me more but it's like i am like oh it's it's kind of like you know it's like i don't know i'm creating this 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 sense of of togetherness or, or, you know, community or something by doing it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. It's hard to say, uh, you know, you know, what bipolar is Kevin. Yes. I have a grandma who's bipolar. Do you have a grandma? <laughs> not, not with us anymore, but yes, I, I, I had to. Damn. Well, what about new year's resolutions? You got any user new year's resolutions? Um, just get out of the house more. I feel like this last year I, I stayed home way more than I should have, you know, even yeah, just like there's some crazy thing that was pressuring people to not go outside. Exactly. Well, even just like go for a drive like you do or, oh, okay, yeah, you yeah. know, things like that. Like literally I just, there, there are sometimes will be like a week where I have not set foot outside these four balls. And mm. I feel like I kind of need to do that more. So yeah. yeah. Did, did you make any resolutions? Yeah. I kind of have two, maybe two and a half. The first one is I want to have more gratitude um, because I've always been someone without gratitude. Um, I, you know, realistically, it's because of privilege, but optimistically, it's because I feel like I'm always in survival mode and good things that happen 
don't kick me out of that. It's like, okay, this great thing happened. I'm still going to die. Still nobody loves me. I still have all these things that I need to solve that are going to destroy me, right? And 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 I can and so because of that, it's like I'm in crisis mode. I need to be you know, thinking about threats and neutralizing them, coming up with survival strategies, you know, that's kind of like how my, my paranoid, anxious brain works. And so when you're doing that, you're not like, oh, well, thank God I have a banana or whatever. It's like, okay, banana, good, not a problem. Put that in the check mark. We might have to use that later. You know, it's like, it becomes a potential resource, but it's not, it's not an appreciation, you know, it's not like, ah, oh, you know, it is, it is actually really nice, you know? And so, um, but psychologically, you know, there's the secret and the universal law of attraction and stuff. I don't know, whatever, but psychologically, I don't buy that to the metaphysical extent, extent, but you know, on a literal level psychology, you know, if you think something's impossible, your brain's not going to be problem solving, trying to think of how to do it because it's impossible. You close yourself off from that possibility, you know? Um, whereas if you assume even an impossible thing's not possible, your brain is going to be operating and trying to figure out how you could solve that, that thing. So I think people that, that have like, you know, high hopes or aspirations or unrealistic dreams or even unchecked egos or unmatched arrogance. You know, they believe things that are impossible, which on the surface are ridiculous to like someone like me. It's ridiculous to hold these things in your mind. It's insane. You know, it's, it's impossible. But at the same time, you know, a, there are people, and I'm not going to say a lot of them, but there are people that then because they, they thought it was possible, they went and did it. Right. And so I think it's, it's generally more functional to have a mind that's open to possibilities than one that's closed off. And I think that gratitude is part of like being positive and thinking, you know, also just negative thoughts breed negative thoughts, you know? Um, and so like I've done it, you know, negatively my whole life. Um, I think sometimes it, as a public figure, it makes me, um, look bad because it's like, wow, this person sure is fucking like, you know, he's sure is spoiled. It must be nice not caring that this or that great thing happened. But it's like, in my mind, it's not like that because it's not like, ugh, you know, my caviar is too cold. <laughs> I don't know what, what ca how caviar comes, but, uh, you know, it's not like that. It's just that, like, I'm still fucked. I'm still fucked. I can't even think about this because I'm so fucked, you know? And, and so like, but it's not, it's not good. And I get self-defeating and I'm a really negative person. I have depression and stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't know, to the extent that that like be having a better mindset could be helpful. And, you know, after a slump of years that haven't been very productive, right? Um, even before the pandemic, I've just been kind of like laying around, you know, I'm like, well, what if we try not just getting super defeatist and just trying to and, and not even like, oh, let's be positive. It's just have more gratitude. It's just try to identify things that you're grateful for. You know, I really like my. <laughs> I really like my my jacket, my my plaid jacket, and I like my cat, and I like the fact that I have a car, and those things are great. And so, so a lot of times, those are like the best things in my life. <laughs> like, and I really like my computer, but it's like I think like I get so much value out of these very simple things that like you know it is like I I do need like a car is like a necessity to get to work and all this stuff you know but at the same time it's like I love it it's a it's a great it, it adds value to my life you know my life would be a lot different without it. I don't know and so I'm just trying to trying to at least it's not like I can't be upset about stuff but just like try and center myself a little bit and try and 
try and get to like you know positivity or not even positivity just gratitude just because it's like even if everything does go fuck you know and it's all it's like everything goes bad it's like well i still gotta make like a cartoon and there's a lot of people that are fans of me and that's cool you know again it doesn't make me not homeless or whatever you know but it's still like i can appreciate that it's cool you know and one of the things i've always really had gratitude for is that i could be involved in the DD scene and help all these fans like connect to DD in a way that they hadn't before that's something i used to always get from fans you know people telling me oh i started playing DD, and that's awesome you know i'm so grateful that i could be involved and i'm so lucky and it's just such a good thing it's not even just lucky but it's so nice that's something I did can have like a positive impact in someone's life. You know, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then the other thing is I'm going to try to make lists more, more lists of stuff. I used to make a lot of lists and I stopped and I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> I'm completely helpless. So I think, I think, I think making some lists are, uh, are going to help. I don't know. But so, yeah, those are my resolutions. It was a big diatribe. Well, what was your holiday like, though? I mean, you know, I'm sure it was kind of uneventful, but it's been like several weeks. It's been like th- there's like we met after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, because no deviled eggs. But then there was Christmas and, uh, you know, New Year's Eve. Like uh, what anything? What's up? Like did anything interesting happen in there? Anything notable? Any food notable? No, no deviled eggs. Once again, I, I'm, I'm feeling really betrayed here. Sure. Uh, she promises I'm going to have deviled eggs soon, though. So I'm I'm holding on to that firmly. <laughs> that that hope is what's keeping me going right now. Um, no, we decided just for like New Year's, we were just trying to kind of have a quiet night at home because in in past years we've always tried going out and doing something crazy on New Year's, and it it's never as much fun as it sounds. I think you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the couple years prior, we always went to this thing where it was like this rooftop bar in downtown Chicago that. Every group got their own little private plastic igloo on the roof. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, Part COVID, I think, part just something funky to do in the winter because it's really freezing being on the roof in the winter in Chicago. So you're in these little plastic igloos with heaters inside looking out on the city. And it's kind of cool, but it's crazy expensive and probably not worth it really you know so we decided just to stay home for new years and mm-hmm. just watch scary movies and stuff like that um watched i don't see i I'm, i don't have you have you seen the movie studio 666 no okay tell me about this i've never heard of this basically the foo fighters made a horror movie playing themselves mm-hmm. um and it's actually a pretty decent horror movie like john carpenter was involved in it um it's it's surprisingly good but you kind of have to really like the foo fighters i think to get into it because it's so many little inside jokes and they play like their own music and stuff like that in it and things like that so if you're not a fan it's probably more of a skip but if you if you like it there it's it's actually a surprisingly good movie for it being kind of this like i don't know it didn't take itself super seriously until the end and then it went whoa this is this is pretty good mm-hmm. um but is yes, the we eponymous watched... foo in it yeah yes <laughs> And, and and there was fighting yeah <laughs> thank god what were you gonna say? um but yeah that was good so we, we just watched scary movies and you know stayed up late watching stuff like that uh, what'd you do for new year's uh well so for christmas i hung out with my friend uh he was gonna do something uh like with his family and uh but like COVID happened and so they didn't end up meeting so he was free and so i i went to his house i don't know if it was the 23rd or the 24th i think it was the 24th i don't know um but i went to his house we made latkes and 
I've had latkes a few times, but not very much. But latkes are great, and uh, I've never had homemade latkes before, and they were really great. And he he did most of the work, but I helped a little bit. And uh, then he made steaks. Uh, he got steaks, and he's like a grill master guy. Like he really knows his way around me. Like I like cooking. I think I like food, but I don't have practice with me, and certainly not like grilling and stuff, you know. But he's like, yeah. So anytime we go to his house and have food and stuff, he's like the master. He knows how to. He knows how to like trim and marinate and prepare and everything. He knows temperatures. He knows. I don't know. He's just a master grill master. It's great. We had really really good steaks. We made cream spinach. Um, the cream spinach wasn't that good, uh, like not, not his fault or whatever. Like we didn't have like a, like a bomb ass recipe and, uh, you know, it ended up fine, but I was like, I feel like, and I made the cream spinach, uh, like, I feel like I fucked it up. Like, I, I don't know, not, I fucked it up, but I, I just don't think it like came together exactly. You know, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. So I had a really bad holiday. Um, like the whole time, every the whole time we've been off air, I, I was like feeling really bad the whole time. I like, you know, I really relapsed hard on on weed. I was going buying more vapes and smoking a bunch of day, and I was really high all the time. And um, you know, because I was feeling sad and lonely and stuff. And then that just made everything worse. And so I was like, well, I can't. Obviously, this relapse, but I can't. I can't go back on weed for any significant amount of time. I think it's fine to like smoke, smoke socially and stuff, but like having weed, like I'm just, you know, my family has a lot of addiction in it, both sides. And I definitely feel it like with, even with weed, which a lot of people don't have like addiction issues with. I like, it's just like, it has, it definitely has like a grip on me. And so I was like, well, I'm not like going back to smoking. I'm not going to go back to the weed store and be buying weed. There's all these reasons I quit and there are great reasons. So I'm gonna have to stop again. And I was like, okay, time to stop. And so then um, getting off of it was really, really bad. I couldn't sleep, um, you know, just, just really irritated, irritated, upset, uh, ups, you know, I don't know, you know, like I, I talk about how I hate holidays, right? I hate Halloween because parties and it reminds me of how I'm not, you know, fit in with other people. I'm not normal. I hate Thanksgiving because it, I don't do anything with my family. It reminds me I'm fucked up, not normal in the family sense. I don't like when, when Christmas comes around, I get sad about being alone in my personal life, not having like a partner and anything. And then, uh, New Year's, I get sad about because it's like my life's always the same. It's always the fucking same. I'm just the same person running into the same problems. I'm going to keep going around this cycle until I die at 60 years. And like none of this life will have mattered. <laughs> you know, these are, these are, they're definitely coinciding but distinct like feelings that that happened for each holiday for me and so i was going through that and then when i was you know withdrawing from the weed it was you know really really bad um i don't know i was just i was just not not doing good uh there's a party i don't know who threw it i'm gonna assume that rob schraub threw it but i don't know if he did i don't know um but someone threw a party that like basically everyone i knew was at i don't know that i would have gone not because i don't like parties although i don't um but because it's not good to drive home after midnight from a new year's eve party <laughs> like and i won't drink you know and i wouldn't even i wouldn't be smoking or anything but i'm gonna get destroyed by a bunch of drunk drivers driving you know potentially long distance back to my house so i you know but i didn't get invited and i was like well why why did i not get invited you know like there it seemed like a big party like it's not like I don't know if I was throwing a party and I was inviting like 12 or 13 guests and you were maybe on the list and I was like, oh, Kevin doesn't like parties. I'm not going to invite him. That's like one thing, but it's like if you're inviting 50 people, it's like, 
why are you going to stop over Spencer's name and go like, oh, he's not going to just send the invite. Like, it's fine. I'll say no. Like you're sending 50 invites and I'm, and you're like, nah, I'm going to skip. I don't know. And again, this is all assumptions. I don't know. I don't even know who threw the party, but that felt really bad. And again, what talking about like all these things, you know, no friends, no family, no connections to people, uh, same old, same old, you know, it's like, I was just seeing like the cycles repeat and stuff. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was really bad. Um, and then January 6th happened and I was rejuvenated. <laughs> no, but uh, I don't know, randomly, completely randomly. And I, I have to assume it's just because I've been off weed, but randomly beginning of the year, also because the, you know, the holidays are over. And I think, you know, we've been getting all this rain, but we getting a little bit of sunshine and stuff the past day or so. I don't know. Anyway, the past three days, I'm feeling like better than I've felt in years. <laughs> I don't know why which is why I brought up bipolar. Am I bipolar? Is this what we're finding out? My grandma was bipolar. My dad might be bipolar. And so maybe I am because it was a huge fucking swing. I'm like really feeling as good as I ever have. Uh, I record these video reviews for my YouTube. Um, and I recorded one when I was in this good move. And immediately I was like, I'm talking, even this podcast, like you could probably corroborate. I'm talking like louder and more animatedly than I do in most of my podcasts. I'm usually more low key, laconic, you know? And so I was doing the video and like I did the intro and I like stopped mid intro and started laughing because I was like, this isn't, why am I so enthusiastic? You know? And, and that was like the best video review I've recorded out of all of them. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm like in a good mood, I guess, you know? And I've just been, yeah, I've been in a good mood the past few days well one of the things is i've been developing this thing i don't know how much i've talked about it i don't want to talk about it too much but i've been developing this project and it stalled there hadn't been notes for a while and we got notes and i think that's another part of it is it felt like we were in this mire with no direction no no idea of what's happening when it had been like three months without hearing back notes for on this step of the project and uh then we got the notes and it was like so for that whole time it was like is it dead? Are we dead? Is nothing happening? You know, am I going to have to get a job or whatever? And then notes came back and it's like, okay, we're okay for a little bit longer. I mean, you know, all the pressures are still there, but conceptually, you know, it's not like, oh, we have, we again have direction. We have movement in a way where we were just kind of like out at sea, like dog paddling, hoping someone's going to come up. And so, you know, all these things, I'm in a really good mood. Um, yeah so let's hope it lasts let's hope it's not bipolar that wouldn't be good right um but but yeah i'm feeling good and uh so and hopefully you know let's come through on the podcast a little bit uh but yeah i don't know i've been i've been i've been having a having a having a good time i don't know man um but there's something i wanted to say it was to the fans you're all pieces of shit no I was going to say, like, I couldn't do this without you, but that would have been just, you know, the same joke. It's like, you know, just, just positive instead, but I don't, I don't remember what I was going to say. I don't know. The Nazis are after it again. You hear about, they finally got rid of the Brazilian protesters at the, you know, the Brazilian state house or whatever the fuck, but there was a January 6th style coup attempt or whatever at the, uh, at the, uh, Brazil, uh, it was Bolsonaro's, uh, people who came in i think they're cleared now but it's weird because bolsonaro i don't know i'd have to look at the name to be able to pronounce it right it's it's weird um but that guy he was apparent he had people at at the white house 
like when January 6th was happening, like he had people taking notes or some shit like with Ivanka Trump, like they're talking to each other, trading notes, and he was like watching it all happen. And then, you know, now it's happening over there and it's great, you know, and Americans invented eugenics and we exported it to fucking Germany and created Nazis. And now America is inventing uh, <laughs> uh, fascist coups and we're exporting that to other countries as well. It's, it's great. It's, it's great. I can't imagine anything's going to go wrong. And, uh, you know, the economy's great. The uh, Dow lost like 300 points because of strong jobs data. You hear about this? No. Americans are too employed. They're making too much money. They're starting to finally collect and push up against the massive boot that's been crushing them into the dirt. That's not good for Wall Street. Jesus Christ. We're fucked. What are we going to do? We have all the money in the fucking world, but these people they want table scraps jesus christ we're fucked i don't know it's it's so the whole fucking shit, everything's so fucked speaking of which uh D D has a new open gaming license on the horizon seems like bad news i don't know so how do i explain this i don't know you know anything about this kevin just I say I skimmed some of it basically just to realize I wanted to ask what you thought of it before I got too far into this. Yeah. So, so the OGL, the Open Gaming License, is something D and D did to allow fans and third parties to make stuff with it. I don't exactly understand the impetus behind the first OGL because presumably they didn't have to do that, and also presumably for a business. You don't necessarily want to set that standard, set that precedent, right? Because it's like you're a crazy, cynical, evil company. You're not going to be all like, hey, you guys can do whatever you want. We're not going to profit off of it. Waka waka. You know, it's like (laughs) you don't have to do that. You could just if fans do their own stuff, you can let them and not yell at them. You don't have to go like open the doors wide and say, come on in, you know, and that led to the creation of Pathfinder, which we used, um, you know, on Harmon Quest. And one of the reasons we use Pathfinder and Harmon Quest uh, instead of D&D is because it was like, we don't want D&D breathing down our necks and saying like, oh, you have to use fourth edition. And if you don't display the player's handbook in the middle of the screen, you know, we're going to pull the licensing rights mid-production. You know, I, I'm not saying that they would have done that, but that was in my head. You know, like, it's like, I don't want this to happen. I actually, I worked on... um you know, I worked for Dan uh, during community and uh, during the end of community. They had the second D and D episode, and Wizards reps were making not demands, but they were like, "Can we, you know, feature this player's handbook more prominently?" Stuff like that. And it's like I don't, I don't want pe- people meddling in my creative. You know, it's like it's going to be hard enough to do this with everything going right. I don't need you know money people saying like what about the money like can you say i'm i'm loving it to camera you know it's like i don't this is just not it's not something i want to worry about and pathfinder is great you know everyone loves pathfinder um when they made fourth edition path that was one of the reasons why pathfinder came about because fourth edition was a weird change a lot of people didn't like it a lot of people said it was like betraying what DD was you know it was an experiment but i think it was kind of cynical i think they wanted to reduce it to like a game like an MMORPG and um you know so as a game it was pretty cool it had a lot of game elements it was a lot more it was the most board game like version of D&D but that detracted from what people like about D&D which is 
like i'm gonna shit on the pope or whatever you know like like just just doing crazy stuff that to me when i talk to people about DD, it's like you know video games are great you could do anything in a video game but what you can't do is you can't like talk to you you know you can't be like in earthbound you can't talk to your mom and she's like oh do you want to do the thing and then you like take off your pants and start peeing in the sink you know and then you put your pants on your head and you run around naked saying like i'm the batman like you can do that in dnd you can't do that in video games you can have a lot of freedom in video games but the freedom of dnd is like it's another level you know um so that's that's the open gaming license it, it lets people make their own stuff pathfinder wouldn't have been legal to make without the open gaming license it basically said you can make your own stuff there's actually a lot of different games i think 13th kingdom there's a there's a bunch of games uh that were all made under the open gaming license and so um so again, I don't know why they did it, um, but now they're coming out with a new OGL because they're coming out with a new edition of D&D. That's the whole thing with this new edition of D&D is they want it to be kind of like a digital age of D&D. You know, they can sell microtransactions. They can sell a subscription to their mapping service, and then you can you can put modules on that. They can sell you models, 3D models in the app. You know, they want to they want to create this kind of ecosystem because all these other people have created e ecosystems. DMs Guild created an ecosystem, you know, drive through RPG. There's all this way, these ways for people to, and, and to profit off of the work of creators, you know, like I sold a module and I sold it on the DMs Guild and they take a 50% cut. And so like DMs Guild, just by being a website that you could put a, a thing on, they're just making infinite passive income because they're just, they're taking huge cuts of what other creators are doing. And if I'm wizards, I'd be like, Hey, I want to do that. Why are we letting DMs Guild do that? Why not make Wizards of the Coast do that? If DMs Guild's taking 50%, why not we take 50%? We own the the thing. So, you know, I'm not defending this, but I understand like why these moves are happening, right? So that was the big push behind DD. They they one of the things they said is they wanted it to move away from the idea of editions, which is interesting because again, if you think about RPGs, they exist as books. It's a system, but it's a system that exists in the form of books. But it's a system. It's a system of rules. It's a system of text. Text doesn't need to exist in books. It can exist in all forms. And now that we live in this digital age, you know, we don't necessarily need books. And if we don't need books, then you can live update the rule setting automatically. You know, it's like updating a website. It's not like we have to print a whole new edition of books and charge 50 bucks for other people, you know, to, for everyone to get the new rules. You know, now you can have this dynamic rule system. And so I think that could be good if it's not cynical, but all these moves, they seem like they could be really cynical. So a lot of people since D&D Next, that's the new edition, has been announced. A lot of people have been really skeptical of it and eyeing like uh, eyeing like the dollar signs that they they see in the wizard's eyes. And I, see, I I get that, but I don't know. I've always been more of a wizard's defender just because it's like I think you know people are trying. I think there's bad people that have bad ideas and have bad agendas you know, at Hasbro and stuff. But overall, I think Wizards is trying and they do have business needs and they have things that they have to do that fans don't think about because they're just thinking about the end user and the end product. And it's like, well, you know, the 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 printer I have to hire to print this book doesn't give a fuck about the end user. They care about ink colors or something, you know? So it's like, there are answers to some of these questions. And I think a lot of times fans can be really uncharitable where they don't even like say like, well, there could be something I don't understand that hasn't been revealed to me that might be informing the decision making. And I like to be all like, well, you know, let's give them that grace. 
there could be something I don't understand that's impacting your decision making. You know, so I've been a bit defense, or I've been I've been more of a defender. But it's like I get it. At the end is the day, they're a corporation. But you know, DD is theirs. They do have a right to do with do with it what they want. But the new OGL is <laughs> it seems to be really restrictive. Um, it prevents you from making a lot of types of DD stuff. And and I don't know. We have I haven't seen the full text of it. I want to read the full text of it because a lot of different things have been said about it. Um, it does seem like it's going to be really bad um, for people like me. It, it basically makes it impossible to sell. I think anything that's not um, a PDF. So I think if you, for instance, sell like D and D inspired art that's not in a PDF. I don't think that's legal under the new OGL and certainly it's not legal. And oh, so, so another thing, there's been a lot of changes. So, so early on, they said that the OGL only applies to the new edition, but now they're saying that it, it retroactively applies to all editions and it replaces the old agreement, which I don't think people thought was possible, but apparently I think they do have legal standing to do this. I don't think you could sue them and say like, no, this isn't possible. Although if I were Pathfinder, and D&D released a new OGL that said, well, Pathfinder is illegal. <laughs> I would be like, no, I'm, I'm suing you. You can't. This has been the standard for a long time. Oh, not just our business, but a ton of businesses were established under this, this understanding that the OGL was, was the law. And now you're just on this turn of a dime gonna gonna change that on me i don't like that might be like a legal route that they can take but i and again i don't know maybe they've worked out deals with all these groups i'm not sure but another thing you can't do is you can't paywall episodes of actual play content so for instance if we wanted to do a patreon where you and me played DD on the podcast but you needed to pay, pay the patreon to uh, get access to those you couldn't that that would be illegal and i believe dimension 20 um they do they do that but they release the episodes later um so like you can get them early if you pay money or you can get them for free later on and i don't think that would be illegal either so there's like <laughs> a huge amount of giant dnd related entities that are getting absolutely fucked and you know it would fuck over critical role but presumably critical role and other and maybe even d20 but presumably big entities have been separately you know, approached by them and maybe they're cutting their own deals and stuff. You know, I don't know who knows, but, but yeah, I think the big thing is all this stuff that they're saying is now illegal. Another thing that they're doing is if you make 50,000, my understanding, and all this is of a subject to change, because again, we haven't seen this text. The text doesn't necessarily final anyway, but if you make more than $50,000 a year on D and D related content that you're selling. So I have a Patreon. I do D and D content. Although if any lawyers are listening to, I have a Patreon that allows people to access all of my creative works, some of which happen to be TNT. I'm not selling a subscription to D&D stuff. That would be insane. You know, I would never do that. But I'm a creative person that a lot of people are interested in following and would pay money to follow. And if, you know, I happen to shit out some D&D content, hey, that's just part of it. I do fast food reviews. Sometimes I do D&D content. Sometimes I do uh, angsty blog posts. You know, that's what they're paying for. It's not like I'm selling fucking D&D, you know, just if any lawyers are listening. But, uh, you know, but you have to make. So if I made more than $50,000 on the Patreon or whatever a year, I would have to register with Wizards uh, because if I get canceled, then they can ban my stuff. 
which is like that's another part of the ogl is um that they can revoke your ability to make stuff if you do racist and homophobic stuff and stuff like which i think is good but i don't know it seems like a weird precedent but i get again i get why they want to make a control imagine like fucking steve bannon starts a weird DD podcast about like trans people or something it's like it would be nice to be able to put our foot down and say like no you don't you legally can't do that you know so again i get why this stuff would be doing it also depends on how it's deployed they could have the ogl and just never enforce it unless something super egregious happens you know but who knows but you don't you don't want language that puts you in the crosshairs anyway but at fifty thousand dollars it's fine you can do whatever but i think if you hit some super high bar of money I, I want to say what I saw was three quarters of a million dollars a year, which is an obscene amount of money. You know, then you have to pay wizards a cut, which again, I, that seems reasonable to me. I don't know. Like if I, if, if I'm not, you know, if I'm making $20,000 a year on D and D stuff, I wouldn't like to make a cut, but if I had to make a small cut, I guess I would, you know, like five, 10%, whatever. Um, that seems reasonable or not reasonable, but that seems like manageable. But I don't even think that's where they're proposing. Although, you know, they could add that. Maybe this is part of their process is they're going to start with one and then they're going to keep ratcheting it up until it's like really draconian. Who knows? Um, but but so that that's those are the kind of things I understand about the OGL. I like I think it could be really bad. Um, I haven't seen any specifics that seem really bad other than like, again, what I was saying about like basically all you can produce is PDFs. Um, so, you know, you can't make a D and D song and sell it. I don't know. You know, there's, I think one of the reasons they did it was because they wanted to ban people from making D and D related NFTs, which I think they probably could have stopped them from doing that anyway. Um, you know, without the new OGL, I think, I think probably they would have had, had a pretty easy time with that. Um, that's the weird thing about NFTs is people, there's this mass delusion that's taken place where people are like, NFTs mean the law doesn't exist. I can steal someone's NFT and I can't get in trouble. And it's like, no, stealing property is illegal and it's illegal to be in possession of stolen property, even if you yourself didn't steal it. And people are like, no, it's fine because blockchain, it's like, that's not how laws work. People are just saying the law doesn't apply and no one's like challenged them on it. And I feel, and so like, I don't know, it just seems like, who knows, but I am really worried. I hope it's good. I want to trust in wizards to the extent that you can trust a company. You know, obviously companies are scum, whatever. Um, but that that's kind of where I am with it. Um, and yeah, let me know what you think. Obviously, it would be nice if we can get better terms. A lot of people are like using the hashtag open DD and and doing a lot of stuff to protest. Obviously, anytime stuff like this happens, a bunch of people flee, they go to other systems. And I think that's good for the for the the game. You know, it just sucks because DD being 5e being so approachable in like having this open ecosystem with the DMs Guild and all these things that creators could plug into, and then those creators can monetize has been nothing but good for DD. Critical role, that's exactly that. They wanted to make money. And that's been so good. That's been maybe one of the best things for DD ever that's ever happened. You know, and so now they want to turn it, turn around and like kill their golden goose so they can, you know, potentially, you know, clamp down on certain profit streams. But it's like, but that's gonna like that you assume that move is neutral, but it's not. That move's gonna have a lot of backlash. And that backlash could end up losing more money than you're standing to making from the, you know, be making from these licenses. If everyone leaves D D because no one likes it anymore because you're being assholes 
then you've lost a ton of money. So I think it's not a good business move. But again, I understand why they might want to change it. It's just these specifics are hard for me to suss out, even trying to be charitable. I don't know. I would ask if you have anything to say, but I assume you don't, right? Not really. I mean, I uh, I was reading some of the legal analysis of this before, and I think they're going to really have a tough time trying to claim that people who created things based off of their earlier license no longer can. That's going to be a, a hard fight for them, I think, because that's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, it's just like, you know, kind of like what you were saying was like, if you tell me, hey, you can you can build things based off of this agreement we've made. And then later you try to change those terms. I, I don't know that they're going to have a lot of success in enforcing that. Um, but they definitely can say that, you know, this applies to newer stuff. But I, I, I feel yeah, like they're going right? to really hurt themselves if they try to make this retroactive. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, and I honestly think it would be good if if Wizards was the center, if if Wizards did own the DMs Guild and stuff, if everything had to go through a storefront they owned, I think that would be fine. Other than like the applet of it all, you don't want them like being like, oh, your app was rejected because it had pants or something, you know, like weird arbitrary decisions like that wouldn't be good. But I do think it's weird that you have all these storefronts of just random companies that are they're cleaning up for people that are making explicitly D&D content for D&D audiences. I think it makes sense for, for Wizards to get a slight cut of a marketplace like that you know but but yeah again i don't know if that's what it's doing you know it's it's obviously not good to to have evidence like this you know i'm admitting evidence into the public record but you know if without it it's like yeah it could be like i didn't hear about the ogl i just thought we were on ogl 1.0 you know so you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna fucking ding me because I didn't read the news like what what is the fucking yeah like what you're saying like what's the enforcement mechanism? how are you supposed to how are you other than you know again i'm a public figure so i'm i'm a bit more in the sites than like a truly random person but i think like the truly random person be like i don't fucking know what are you talking about you can't just say the agreement's different and now i can't do this thing i've been doing this whole time like that i don't know i feel like i don't know what legal precedent is but i think if you're arguing it i think you know for a jury you might you might get a good response if you're trying to fight something like this you know but uh but yeah so i i wanted to i i'm starting to like i don't know i've been doing these for my patreon i've been doing these videos going through my harman quest uh notes it's been really fun i've been i went through my earliest notes my earliest outline for harman quest season one that i've ever had and then each iteration i've been reading through the notes and noting the changes and talking about stuff i uh, i remember from the process and um it's been really fun i'm putting those videos up on my patreon so if you subscribe to my patreon you can get access to those if you're really interested to the making of harmon quest uh I'm, I'm hoping to go through all three seasons i do have notes on all three seasons it's been really fun the videos are about 20 30 minutes a piece um but that was making me think like maybe i should try and do some of this D, &D stuff as like patreon content and then um you know someone had the idea and then you can make like a book like the harman quest campaign setting or something you know but i don't even know if i think pdfs are different than books like i think a physical book might technically be barred by the by the ogl so a book might be illegal um but a pdf version of the book wouldn't but that was something i was thinking about doing on the patreon is trying to make like this world guide it was a pretty exciting idea so uh, uh the judge hatchet from my my uh patreon discord the good discord uh he gave me the idea so thanks judge hatchet um but you know i don't know i don't know why i went on that tangent uh just just trying to think of things to say i guess um 
but yeah i don't know hey did i ever tell you about the time i worked on great minds i mean i'm familiar with the show i don't think we've talked about it much yeah well you know do you like it what do you think of it i love it i mean i actually think that that you know great minds and drunk history i think should have become a block of like comedic historical programming that could have really changed like like i i honestly feel like those two shows were probably the best uh shows for for their time period of educational the other content show? on tv sorry what you said great great minds but what was the other show you said shows drunk history drunk history yeah, yeah yeah drunk history for sure yeah i mean our show wasn't very historical like drunk history actually tries to like you know tell you a history whereas ours was kind of just like we do a, a cursory wikipedia and that's kind of it and then a couple jokes but but yeah i don't know um i really like great minds um i really it was it, it wasn't you know it wasn't all good but i think it was mostly really fun um do you have any any stories from behind the scenes like like how did that show even get get started it seemed like it sort of just popped up out of nowhere and it was fantastic but then it just disappeared again like what what, what went on there a production company pitched the idea it was uh i can't remember the fucking guy's name I, he's not gonna listen to this but i feel really bad if he if he knew i forgot his name i'd feel bad and i i know it's just not on the, it's on the tip of my tongue but he i think he or his company which was a um a live a live action production company that did like reality shows he pitched as a game show concept the idea of great minds where it's like what if it's like a fake game show where we have historical figures yeah richard corson thanks kevin richard corson he was he was a great guy um what if we had a we had a fake fake game show with historical figures that come on and it's it's just a premise for like comedy you know it's it has the auspices of a game show but it's really it's mostly just jokes and so they got the green light to do that and um so dan and we went to me and me and steve went we went uh to new york to uh shoot the great minds you know uh game show but for whatever reason it's like that didn't work i don't know why i don't know how that decision got made but they were like what if it was more of just like you know a single cam kind of like comedy like like a fiction not like a game show you know and then i think that's when dan i think this was dan's pitch but i'm not sure it's like what if i you know was trying to do it and you know we got a time machine and i interview the people and i'm like a uh like i'm like a you know a, a comedic kind of character who can't help himself i'm like you know low status or whatever but i'm the boss and then spencer's like the science guy who figured out how to do it i don't know if it was spencer like was the initial pitch but it's like what if there was a science guy and he made the time machine or whatever that that made the historical figures and it was comedy because that was i think that's what they wanted right it was comedy for their block um so then we got the go ahead to do that and and so yeah what would happen was they would write the script and Dan would show up on set and look at the script and be like, this sucks. This doesn't work. <laughs> and he would rewrite the script every morning when we'd come in to shoot an episode. And we'd have to figure out what locations were already booked because they wrote it and they did the whole pre-production assuming they were going to shoot the script at the locations, right? And so they're like, okay, what locations do we have? What's our schedule like? And they would be like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And then we'd rewrite the script. And then, um, then the talent would show up and it would be like, script is 100% different. <laughs> They'd be like, 
what? <laughs> and so then we'd have to like relearn the script and, um, and stuff. It was great. Um, you know, I think it was harder on the guest stars and stuff than anything else, because I don't think they were prepped for what was happening, but everyone else was, you know, the crew was, I was, and it was, it was fun. I found it really fun because, um, I feel like it was like, not that I'm a good actor. I think I'm a really bad actor, but I think that was like my best acting. And a lot of times I got to ad lib my own stuff. Like there was a script, but sometimes we would do versions where I would get to like riff a little bit. And so I, I, I pitched my own jokes and I would do my own jokes that I came up with and, and stuff like that. And like, so, so I had more creative input too. Um, and it was just, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it was just, yeah, I don't know. There's a, I do have a story that this is like, I don't know, thinking back on it, it's like, I don't know what I was thinking. But so, so preface this story is I have a huge celebrity crush on Gillian Jacobs. I don't have a lot of celebrity crushes and I don't get antsy or weird around celebrities very much. Like I don't, I don't get that, you know, celebrity kind of stunned star quality thing or whatever, really. But with Gillian, I do, but just because she's super hot and funny and, and nice and perfect, you know, uh, but, and, uh, she came on to do the show and Dan wanted for part of, I don't know why I think it was because I, I don't know why I think it was because I was a clone. And so I was going to explode, but like, he wanted me to take my clothes off and like it, like take my shirt off and start to take off my pants before like i got stopped for whatever reason but like gillian was on scene like she was in the scene and i was like i don't want to fucking take my shirt off in front of gillian i'm like fat you know and then dan was like what the fuck and so like we were arguing and stuff but it's like man i don't you come in and rewrite it's not like we had time it's not like i had uh, you know advanced notice to know that this was going to happen and I could like voice my concern. Then it's just, it all happens like on the day. And now all of a sudden I have to take, I'm not a fucking actor. You know, I got roped into this because I'm your assistant. Like, it's not like I was like, Oh, I'd love to play the part of, you know, and I'm again, I'm very grateful. I love being in that, whatever. But again, it's like when I'm, when I, it's not like, you know, it's not, it wasn't my idea. So it's like, I don't feel like it's not like an actor shows up on the day and and blows up the rehearsal because suddenly he's uncomfortable with something that's been in the script the whole time you know i felt like at least you know i think it's a little silly because it's like come on what she's gonna she's gonna not see her shirt off and now she'll date you or something like come on whatever but uh you know but i just yeah it made me really comfortable so we just changed the scene so i started to take my pants off without taking my shirt off on and and then it got stopped so whatever it probably would have been funnier with the shirt off whatever whatever you know but it's just like maybe if I had time to think about it beforehand. Certainly, if it was anyone but Killian, <laughs> I definitely would have done it. Um, but but yeah, that that was a that was a bit of a, a, a not a great thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I really like doing it. It was a lot of fun. I like being on set. I just like the whole process. Even the even the rewriting on the day was fun. It was it was cool. Um, I wanted to do more. I actually, I don't think I, I know I wrote the outline. I don't think I wrote the script, but I wrote an episode, like a, a spec script for a season two. And the, this one was, I was actually going to play the historical figure and myself in the script. Um, it was also just to try and like practice writing too a little bit. It was, you know, just to, cause you know, I'm not a good writer, but uh, so I, 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 the the the, sh the premise was we bring rat back Rasputin, you know Rasputin, and I'm Rasputin, like Spencer is Rasputin. So so like I'm I'm doing like the Eddie Murphy thing. I'm on both. I'm on you know in two places at once, and I'm like Rasputin. I'm just this big, like nonverbal, scary looking, violent person who is 
then like immediately like i'm like a serial killer kind of thing i'm like holding the whole crew hostage because like i have guns or whatever and i'm just very dangerous and so like and so i'm killing like production staff and it's kind of funny that like like dan's like god damn it like we gotta get we we're not gonna shoot like we gotta finish this episode we got we're trying to shoot rasputin before he explodes because that was always the we made like future clones of historical figures that would explode in like an hour or whatever that was like the premise and so it's like you know so so that was a kind of the game is like spencer would be killing people or it's rasputin would be killing people and then dan's like jesus christ when is this gonna stop like come on we're, we're killing daylight you know and um and then like i quit because i get stabbed or something and i'm not feeling appreciated by dan and he's only caring about the uh you know the show and so then it's just dan rasputin and um and then i think like i don't remember how we get to the ending oh but because i think like dan goes looking for me to like apologize and um like i'm at an arcade playing dance dance revolution tie into the to the beginning of the episode um and i'm playing dance dance revolution and for some reason rasputin starts playing dance dance revolution and so then we're doing dance dance revolution like we're having a dance dance revolution off and then he eventually explodes mid like dance dance revolution and that was like that was like the end of the episode and so that that was like a spec script that i, I think it's pretty good obviously like i you know that's this is a, a loose pitch but i think that could have like if we ever did more i think that could been shot you know maybe you get another character maybe you get it it's, it's not me playing that character but i think like i think the premise is sound like for what that show was i think it fit pretty well in the milieu of it all you know um but i can't really remember too much more about it other than just the set was awesome like the people who made the set like had so much fun and i just think it looked really good the whole time um and it was just fun to be in that set with all this science stuff and because i was the science guy <laughs> like so i had a science station and there was like i could flip switches and shit you know i could like do science stuff and <laughs> i don't know i could do business it was it was fun it was a, it was a really great time and that's that's probably partially why i wanted to try and like do a season two and like trying to oh maybe i write it and we don't have to rewrite the episodes every time because i'm a good writer maybe you know i don't know um that, that was kind of the dream but yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of it you know uh great minds you know they say they think alike you hear about no, this? I, I was a, a, such a huge fan of that show and I, I i really hope that one day there's there's more of it because it was it, it really did like introduce people to historical characters that might not know about a lot in a way that you know makes it really approachable and interesting to somebody who has no interest in history yeah i agree i think there was definitely a lot of figures who i knew like little to nothing about and it was just kind of interesting learning about them and uh yeah i think i the guests seemed to mostly have fun although like you know it kind of i think there's people that were more prepped than others and the people that were more prepped were like come on man and i remember um thomas middleditch had to wear this crazy hair piece that was really uncomfortable and he was he was like in pain all day <laughs> i remember that well, all week really um but yeah did you have a favorite episode? Uh, what was the? No, not really. No, I don't like. I, I don't know. I mean, they were. I think funny. if you, you got to watch one, it's got to be the JFK one, just because of the spiders and Steve Levy and everything. It, it that one worked really well. I think that's what I was actually thinking about that's what, if I was going to say one that was the one I was going to say but it, it, almost mostly because I don't remember a lot of the other ones so and I definitely remember that one and yeah that's just such a weird you know escalation a weird direction for that to go you know 
I don't know, man. But you know what isn't a weird direction to go? Soda. That's right, Kevin. It's time to drink soda. I know you you know that we haven't talked about this beforehand. Um, but I do have uh, a Coca-Cola in my fridge. <laughs> We're going to review Coca-Cola. <laughs> no. You know what I have in my fridge? A fucking buzz ball. Do you know about buzz balls? I've seen them, but that's that's about it. All right, go fill time. I'm going to go grab the buzz ball. It's one long. Okay. Um, yeah, so I am drinking today the real sugar Mountain Dew, which I'm not entirely certain I really taste or feel any difference behind it. I think it has a slightly different mouthfeel, though. So if you're not from the U.S., uh, a while back, we've replaced everything with corn syrup here. And then a couple years ago, Mountain Dew started selling. They called it Throwback originally, but now it's just called real sugar Mountain Dew. And I buy it not because I really think it's healthier or anything, but just because I kind of feel like, I don't know, it's slightly more like it was, I remember it being when I was a kid, but it's still not the same thing. I don't know. Dude, did you hear any of that, Spencer? I don't actually, I like real, like I like Mexican Cokes. I don't like the real sugar Mountain Dews. I mean, I don't hate them, but for whatever reason, I think they're just a little worse. (laughs) I'm definitely like, I like high fructose corn syrup. I'm like, I'm glad they invented it. You know, people are like, oh, that's going to kill you. I'm like, nah, man, it's great. It's like sugar, but crazier. I don't know. But it's just, it feels like there's a different texture to it now. Like both Mm -hmm. the real sugar and the corn syrup one. It's just not the same. I don't know. Maybe my taste changed, but it just, it, it feels like something's just changed in the last 10 years or so. And there's just no going back now. I don't know yeah that could be i definitely you know now there's so many flavors of mountain dew if i'm ever drinking like a normal mountain dew that's almost like a failure i almost like don't want to drink a normal mountain dew these days you know just because it's like give me a fucking voltage you know it's got blackberry and ginseng or something you know speaking of which there's another i found another drink that had ginseng in it i can't remember what it was i think it was another mountain dew i was like oh there was a mountain dew that had ginseng before blue uh, voltage i don't know but check it out I got a freaking buzz ball. It says buzz ball chiller. I don't know if this is not a normal buzz ball. If this is like a chiller version, you know, I don't know. They're, they're cute. Look at how cute this is. I couldn't believe how cute this was. That's why I bought it. I've heard of buzz balls. I listened to uh, this is important. It's the workaholic podcast. If you're missing Harmontown, I think uh, this is important as a decent substitute. It does have a kind of Harmontown vibe. IMO, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's watermelon chiller orange wine with watermelon juice natural watermelon flavors and certified color (laughs) what certified color it was like four dollars it's woman owned they're really they really want you to know that's a woman owned company which i mean they're great more power to them I, i think if this is this is a great design you know um alcohol 15 percent by volume 187 milliliters so 15 percent. that's like you know that's strong i guess that's because it's wine right i don't know but uh i'm not gonna drink this um <laughs> i want to i was going to uh but i don't know i'm kind of antsy and i think i want to drive right after the show so <laughs> i don't I don't think I, I think I, th- we're going to come back to this one of these days, and maybe you could get one uh, too or yeah, something. Yeah, I'll get a few and and see. Yeah, I was um, just, but it, I was going to, but it's just like I don't want to be drunk. I want to go drive. You know, I don't know. Um, 
shit. I feel like there's one other thing that I was thinking about talking about. Fuck. You know what I saw last time I was in a, a liquor store picking some stuff up mm-hmm. was Cardi B's branded whipped cream vodka shots. Have you seen these? No. Let me see if I can pull up a picture. Um, it's they're called whip shots. Um, that are it, it looks like whipped cream, but you can basically okay. either top a drink with it or just fill a whole cup with it. Oh, that's and cool. It, it's, it's whipped cream that tastes like you know vodka filled that somehow has yeah. something to do with Cardi B. Alcohol. Vodka, they used to have yeah. these ages ago, and then they like disappeared. And I think this is the same brand that came back, and now they put Cardi B's name all over it. I see. We gotta try that. Yeah. The thing is, like alcohol. It's like I always want to drive right after the show. So it's like, well, maybe we can like record inserts or something and cut them into the episode or something. Um, that, that could be good. But you know, uh, you probably don't. Of course, you don't. But around here, and I don't even know if this is widespread, but around here, I've been seeing uh, head shops. Well, not head shops, like smoke shops. You know, they sell uh, they sell a lot of like pipes and bongs and stuff, but they also sell hookahs. They these days they sell a bunch of e cigarette stuff, vape juice, all that stuff. They sell a lot of shit. They sell whippets. If you like doing whippets, um, you know I do. Yeah, man, whippets are great. Uh, did I ever tell you I used to do whippets? I've done some whippets now and again. I whippets have maybe like when I do whippets, I have this weird revelation about the universe where everything is four. Like everything is four. Like uh like everything can be divided into four elements. So, like you know how like the world is four elements? It's like mm-hmm. that, but for everything. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's it makes sense when I'm when I'm deep within whippets. And then when I come out of it, it's like I I almost understand it. I can't quite grasp how it makes sense. But it's like, yeah, it's weird. I can feel like rhythms and stuff. Like one time I did a bunch of whippets while I was watching um Fury Road. And like and for some reason I felt like I could mathematically see how they put it together. It's like, ah, yes, two minutes here and then three minutes, and then you have the this. I don't know. But then you know you fall out of it. Don't do whippets. Uh don't deprive your brain of oxygen. Um, but one thing that they've been doing lately is having novelty cereals and novelty other snacks so i went the other day uh this was a couple months ago you know this was during the break i went to a head shop and um well again it's the smoke shop the head shops are a little different um but and they had like all these wrap snacks and like uh and and and, and, and like wrap themes like branded sodas and then these novelty cereals and i was like this is like our show's Shangri-La or something like, I don't know if you have them near you, but you could walk into one and buy like 30 things to do for the show really quick. Well, hey, I um, sent you, remember I was sending you pictures that day when I went to the mall and I found a place that sold all of like Lester's fixins and all these crazy mm-hmm. drinks I've never even seen before. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to think that we're responsible for that. Yeah, no, we, you know, we, I, I single-handedly saved D and D and now we're fucking, you know, inventing the novelty snack industry. I think, you know, we're making it happen. We're real, we're real tastemakers, I would say. And we're make tasters in that we taste what people have made. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. Oh boy. Oh boy. We have fun. Don't we? Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I've been uh, so over the holiday. Th- these are some sodas I would like to get. Um, well, I, I don't know if you can find them as a thing. I can find them, but it's nice when we both have them. But Sprite has a Sprite cherry now. 
it's just sprite with cherry it's still clear but the bottle has like i think the bottle either has a red wrapper it has like a red stripe on the wrapper and then over the holidays they had you know they do this they do like sprite with cranberry cranberry and they brought back the stri- sprite with cranberry and both of those are fucking bomb man i've been really enjoying those over the holiday like i don't really like cranberries that much i don't hate them or anything but uh but yeah the sprite with cranberry man just that little bitterness that punch of cranberry in the the sprite it just kind of like i don't know that's like what i wish alcohol was like it's like it's mostly just super sweet and great and then you have this tiny note that's a little complex and a little off kilter but it's like no alcohol is like drinking alcohol <laughs> it really is 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 basically almost like drinking alcohol you know when you're drinking alcohol but but yeah i've been having those um man oh so so before the show i got went to this place mambo's cafe in uh burbank or maybe it's technically glendale i don't know but mambo's cafe was featured on diners drive-ins and dives guy fieri himself went there and he tried i believe the the picadillo and the vieja ropa and uh i usually get the mambo's chicken it's it's like soy garlic and lemon marinated um chicken that they then i think they braise it or something i don't know but it's so it has this flavor to it you know it's like and the flavors completely suffuse the whole meat it's not like you know the flavors on the outside and then when you get the chicken and you combine the two flavors in your tongue you know you get this nice no it's like no the whole chicken is like soaked in this like it's soy sauce. I, I think the dominated flavor is soy sauce. So it's like this really heavy soy sauce flavored chicken. So fucking good. But today I got the rope of Vieja because that's what Guy Fieri got. And it was really good too. It's like, uh, it's just like stewed beef and the tomato sauce. Real, real good. But the standout, and this is why I love this place, is the rice. <laughs> I don't know. People got to go to this place, get the rice and take fucking notes, man. I don't know what they do. They definitely put salt in it. But I think they put butter in it too because you get this rice and it's like it's literally like the most flavorful rice it's not like flavored rice it's not like fried rice or anything it's just white rice but it's just it's salty and it's buttery and it's just so good it's like it's literally like the best rice I've ever had and every time I go they, their their orders come with rice but I get an extra side of the rice which they give you a pretty nice sized tub of, of rice and it's just so fucking good dude and I and I got that and I have the extra rice I have about half of the extra rice left and man I'm gonna eat the shit out of that rice I don't even think I've ever had like buttered rice. You know, that's like a typical thing. Like people, people say like, oh, butter your rice. It makes it way better. Um, have you ever had buttered rice? Because I don't think my parents ever did butter rice or anything. I, I swear my growing up, my mom made the best rice I've ever tasted in my life. And mm-hmm. I've asked her so many times, Hey, what's your secret? What do you do? And she's like, it's just minute rice and butter. That's all it is. There's nothing fancy to it, but I, yeah. I can't believe that because my memory of it is just that it was the most delicious thing ever that's how i feel about this rice it's honestly it's honestly just so fucking good it i i just like i know i mean i can't words can't describe it because it's so simple but it's like yeah and you look at it and it looks a little tiny different but it looked like it also just looks like rice like but it's just like it's like uh i don't know you know how like rice gets sticky and there's the kind of gluten or whatever that kind of cakes up on the outside and so it kind of looks a little like fuzzy or something it like has a little bit of that but it's like it's different you know if you if you rinse your rice first sometimes you get a little bit of a different texture i don't know it's just really different 
Um, I think one of the issues is that there's so many varieties of rice and like basically here in the mm-hmm. US, we we just eat long grain white rice for the most part, yeah. or maybe brown long grain rice, but nothing else, you know. And I've been experimenting lately with different kinds of rices. I, I've got this bag I haven't opened yet, but it's like this 15-year aged white rice that's short grain and supposed to just be Whoa. complex flavors and all this that I, I'm really excited to try. But yeah, I, I think we need to experiment with more kinds of rice here. Yeah, I just heard something that said like in Japan they recognize the variety of rice and you can like obtain there like up to 50,000 different varieties of rice. And then I was like that sounds confusing as hell. <laughs> like imagine like going to the store and seeing 50,000 different rices and being like oh, I was just hoping to make like uh some uh some beans and rice or something, you know, I don't know. But but no, I, I definitely want to like explore this world because I believe it. And even like, you know, short ri- or short grain rice, like risotto rice is like so different than like regular rice. It's great. It's it's a whole nother world. But man, that fucking rice from that place, man. It's so fucking good. Um, but yeah. I'm glad to be in a better mood, man. I hope it keep I hope I keep it up. I, I it's gotta just be like a fluke or something. It doesn't make sense. I like I swear, like this is the best mood I've been in probably like at least a year, if not more. I don't know what's going on. You missed me. That's that's gotta be what it is. It's, it's a big part of it. I'll tell you that. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, I've been streaming. I, I didn't stream all all basically the whole break either. It's just not fun because streaming is a lot like podcasting. But it's a smaller audience, so I can usually bitch about more stuff that I, I'm worried that's going to come back and bite me in the ass. You know, <laughs> so. But um, uh, so I've been doing D and D with my friend Frank on his stream, and what he's been doing lately is he's been freestyling on his stream if he gets like a hype train and stuff, and he's gotten so good at freestyling, it's amazing. Like I was really impressed, and sometimes he'll have me try and rap, and I'll, I can do some some things. That's sometimes it's funny. It's usually pretty sloppy, but you know it's fun. And I'm gonna, and so I'm gonna start. I'm I'm now uh, starting to rap on my streams too on my Twitch Twitch.tv slash the Sixler. Um, if you donate like 200 bits, I can uh, I'll rap over a track. Um, and if you uh, and if we get a hype train, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna rap over a track. The last time I did, I did a weird Hank Hill rap. It wasn't supposed to go that way, but something rhymed with Hank Hill, and then I was like, "Okay, we're off to the races," I guess. And uh, it was—I don't know—I went back and listened to it, and I thought it kind of sucked, but I made a highlight of it. So if you go to my Twitch, Twitch.tv/sixler, you could check out that rap. Um, I would—I was going to post it on my Twitter, and I, then after I cut it, I was like, "No, I'm ashamed of this. I'm not going <laughs> to—I'm not going to post this." But if you want to see it, you can. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what's going on in my life. But that's most of the show, right? We could probably we could probably wrap up. It was nice I, I to catch up. It and was by catch yeah. up. I mean, it was nice to have you listen to me talk for two hours. <laughs> no, but it's fun. I, I like you know. I don't know. I should let you talk more. But I I had a lot of stuff I wanted to kind of get off. You know, get out. I guess I don't know. How's that Chuck E. Cheese pizza, Kevin? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Okay, no one who I've told this to believes me, but I swear this is true. Chuck E. Cheese has leveled up their pizza so much now. Like, so they've they've got that this fake like DoorDash Grubhub thing where they're yeah, Pasquale's pizza. Pasquale's pizza. And I'm not kidding. 
Like they've got, I ordered it today because I was hungry and like craving it. Like they have actually got like drizzles. They, I don't know if you can see this, but like they do this like barbecue Whoa. buffalo drizzle yeah. pizza. And they've got like a balsamic glaze they can do and they do stuffed crust and they do, they did today too. I'm, they're not paying me for this, by the way. Um, the sauce isn't on it, but they do these Korean barbecue meatballs, which are mm -hmm. just to die for. And I can't imagine this is coming from the, the kitchen of Chuck E. Cheese. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm disappointed in myself for how much I like this. So I have the opposite of a story, uh, the opposite of that story. There's this place called John's Incredible Pizza, which is a lot like Chuck E. Cheese, but I think it's like bigger. It's kind of like what you imagine Chuck E. Cheese used to be. But today, it's like nowadays, if you walk into a Chuck E. Cheese, it's kind of like ratty and stuff. John's Incredible Pizza is supposed to be like what it was. It's it's actually the one I went to was huge. I think they have like indoor mini golf and stuff. So like just a bunch of like attractions and shit and then a pizza buffet. And they have like a famous peanut butter pizza. And I was like, oh, peanut butter pizza. That sounds insane. I got to go try that for my video reviews. And I went and I got it. It took forever uh they they like they they just didn't like they must not have seen the order or whatever because i went to pick it up and when i got there they're like oh we'll get started on that and i was like what come on uh it's been like 30 minutes since i put in the order and so then i waited another 30 minutes and they got me the pizza and it's just it's a pizza that just has peanut butter like with the sauce like it's just down there and it sucked it was so gross it wasn't that gross there's something compelling about it but it's like, well, this place isn't going to nail it, you know, but their pizza fucking sucked. And I was really disappointed. I don't know why I thought it was going to be good. Uh, I guess because John's incredible pizza. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think I realized how crazy it was. I thought it was like, you know, pizza places have an arcade. I thought it was like like that. Like it was a bit more of an arcade, but it's like, no, this is like uh, this is like an amusement park with pizza or something. And then it really sucked. And then it was so bad. I didn't even want to do a video on it. And so I didn't. So you can't you can't see me eating the the peanut butter pizza, but it sucked and it was gross. Um, but hey, that wasn't fucking Pasquale's pizza. Give it a try, folks. Pasquale's pizza. Find it on a Yelp near you, right? Or a DoorDash. Check us out on DoorDash. Our show is sponsored by DoorDash. Um, but our show's over. <laughs> uh, check me out. You know, whatever. I plugged enough patreon.com slash the sixler I guess you know whatever it's fine if you want to check out those videos um it's been fun to make the the harm quest videos and and I'm really close to I'm basically to the point in the production where I made my little book if you see on Harmon quest on on stage I have a book that I'm reading from and I still have those books so one once I get to there get to that point I'm gonna pull out my book and make a video showing like the book and I'll have inserts the photos and stuff and and it should be pretty cool to see like what's actually in the book that was like a technology I invented I never I, I've never done that before but it, it worked so well in the first season I was like I'm gonna do that every season it worked really well it was a really fun thing so yeah what about you Kevin what do you got next um so up next is a we're showing a TV show we can't really talk about but if yeah, you're we're just watching showing us some stuff yeah, we're showing some stuff next um and then real life sci-fi and then rob schraub's found crap after that so if you're not watching us live check us out at schraubhomevideo.com sundays or the repeats on monday so you can see all the stuff that we didn't cut out just spencer went on this incredible rant that we're cutting tonight so you know you gotta, you gotta check us out live if you want to get all that and i do want to apologize to uh women uh children the elderly um the Mets Portuguese fans. especially that that was uncalled for Damar Hamlin um 
that's something I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about Damar Hanlon's collapse. Just really quickly, I was like, everyone's like, it's so barbaric how the NFL that we are fans of and pay money to to watch them smash in people into each other until they die. It's so crazy how they let someone smash into someone else and almost die. How dare they do that thing I am paying them money to do? Like, I don't whatever. We don't have time. All right. As always, folks, we like to end the show the same way as we do every time. So until next time, beef out.